This is the day the Lord has made. Good morning and welcome to the Brick Presbyterian Church. Um, my name is Adam Gorman and first I want to share with you, I know that many of you, this is your first time in the garden for worship. I've heard a few of you saying that. And I want you to know that last summer was the first time in my recollection of history of us getting to do something like this. And so I will say over the summer it took a couple of different iterations as we worked out um, everything. Sun, where does it shine and who is it shining on as well as seating and all sorts of arrangements. So the only logistical thing that I'll mention to you all so that you're aware of it is when we do communion later it's intinction and so what you'll do, just like we do in the sanctuary, you come up the middle aisle and you take your communion and then you go out and around. And there's enough space for everybody to go out and around back to your seats, right? So that way we don't have a log jam. Um, other than that, I do want to mention that if uh, children are struggling to stay for the long haul, uh, the fifth floor playground is available for parents and their children to go up to. Um, and coffee hour will be right here after worship. So I hope you can stay around and have some fellowship and communion together. Um, I didn't see any pew pads, so I won't say that you need to sign the pew pad. Um, but one thing I will mention is even though you have hymnals in front of you, this bulletin has all of the hymns inside of it. Um, so if you're like me, you can tuck that hymnal under your chair um, and not have to visit it. But if you like it, then you can continue to do that. With that, let us worship the Lord. Let us stand and call ourselves to worship using these words from Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established... What are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Come, let us worship and praise the Lord. may be seated. Our great God is as near to us as a whisper, as compassionate as a sigh, 
We need not be afraid as we enter into God's embrace, sharing with God what weighs upon our souls this day. Let us be filled with courage as we confess together our sin. Our God, blessed be you, for we know your power. We know your splendor. How may we approach your throne of grace? We know ourselves and all we do that falls short of your wonder, yet you ask us to come close to you to receive your blessing. Our hearts are hopeful yet contrite. Wash us with your mighty waters that shape the most unyielding boulders. Purify us with your powerful flames that restore the most overgrown forests. Reclaim us with your incredible glory that outshines the most impassable darkness. For you alone are the God who cleanses, restores, forgives. We pray in the name of our triune God. Amen. My friends, we are bold to proclaim what God has promised us from the very beginning, and that is in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. And as God has poured out the grace of forgiveness, love, and peace through Christ, let us share that grace with one another. Peace be with you. Let us greet one another in the name of Christ. Please be seated. And I've seen a few children out there. Can I invite any of the younger ones we have to come up forward? Um, while they're working their way up, I want to share with you all that today I'm actually reading from a children's book. Um, the reason I am doing that is that if you want to sit over here, this might be easiest for you all. And I'll sit down on the ground. Um, there are a lot of amazing children's books out there. Come on and sit right here. Um, and today, it couldn't be more perfect, the scripture in the lectionary today was all about the creation of God's earth. And this book, though you all won't see all of the beautiful art in it, you all please listen to the poetry of it. Um, and I'll share the pictures with you all. But close your eyes, enjoy the birds, enjoy nature while we convene with God and God's nature. So this book is called When God Made the World. <clears throat> it says, in the very beginning, before anything was, before God started doing what it is God does, when all that existed was wide open space, God imagined a universe and began to create. God hung trillions of lights, stars big and stars bright. God turned the dark sky into a glorious sight. God put planets in places with moons in some cases and galaxies that reach the outermost spaces. 
God made comets that fly with tails through the sky, and asteroids and meteors that sometimes zoom by. And with cosmic explosions, God set space in motion, causing planets to orbit their suns with devotion. And somewhere amid all the swirling light, inside a cluster of milky white, among stars and planes and cosmic dust, God made a place for the story of us. Because when God made the world, God displayed heaven's glory for you and for me and for all of the world's stories. Now we'll skip by to the creation of us. Because as everybody knows, the creation took seven days, and that was a long seven days, right? It says, and God made people, people like you and me, people with souls, people with stories, a global family tree. God made us all flesh and bone, covered in skin, and made all our bodies have hearts beating within. God gave us bellies and legs, fingers and toes, and fashioned our faces with eyes, mouth, and nose. God made our bodies uniquely equipped for walking and talking to eat and to skip. God wired our brains to feel love and feel pain, to process and learn, to read and retain. But despite all we share, we're also unique. God made us all human with just a few tweaks. Each of our faces, bodies, and traits, our skin tones, our features, God did create. God made some people shy and some people loud, and some who thrive in the midst of a crowd. Some make music, and some like math, and some are prone to blaze their own path. But always remember, because this much is true, God had a purpose for making you, you. So use every gift, every talent, or shtick. Make the world better with your God-given trick. Bring smiles to faces. Show love and good graces to those who need hope in all different places. Discover a star, a planet, or moon, or help keep a forest from dying too soon. Save a whale. Hug a tree. Protect every bee. Recycle. Repurpose. Reject. Apathy. Because all of creation whispers God's story, the mountain, the ocean, the blue morning glory, the raindrops, the sunshine, the grapes on the grapevine. With nature, God gives us a glimpse of the divine. And just like a star might showcase God's light or a waterfall give us a sign of God's might, the same could be said of me and of you. How we live, how we love, tells God's story too. Because when God made the world, and the world started spinning, the story God wrote was just a beginning. So no matter how young or how old we are, I think that remind us that each of us was created in God's image and that we've been given gifts, given gifts to do God's will with them. So would everybody please close your eyes, clasp your hands, and repeat after me. Dear God, we thank you for creation. We thank you for the gift of being able to create. May we seek to do your will in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please pray with me. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. A reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5 and 26 to 28. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While the wind from God swept over the face of the waters, 
Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called the night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God bless them. The word of the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. The beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens. And the earth. And the earth was without form and empty. In the beginning. The earth was without form. And empty. 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 In the beginning. Darkness covered the surface of the deep. Darkness. Darkness covered. The surface. Of the deep. And the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the beginning. God created the heavens. And the earth. The earth was without form and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the deep. Darkness. Darkness. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And God said, Let there be light. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. There was. There was light. God saw that the light was good. The light was good. God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness night. And there was evening. And there was morning, the first day. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Darkness covered the surface of the deep. In the beginning. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the beginning. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. In the beginning, God created the heavens. And the earth. God separated the light. The light. From the darkness. The darkness. In the beginning. And there was evening. And there was morning. The first day. Amen. And then from John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. In today's sermon, we will work to address a bit about the nature of God, as well as what it means to be human. <clears throat> So what do these scriptures tell us about the nature of God? A.W. Tozer captures the thought well in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He writes, The mind looks backward in time 
until the dim past vanishes, then turns and looks into the future till thought and imagination collapse from exhaustion and God is at both points unaffected by either. Time marks the beginning of created existence and because God never began to exist, it can have no application to him. Began is a time word and can have no personal meaning for the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. In seminary, we also learned a lot about a heady theologian named Paul Tillich. And one of the ways that he defined God was as the ground of all being or the ground of being. An author writes that Paul Tillich was critical of the view of God as a type of being or presence. He felt that if God were a being, God could not then properly be called the source of all being, due to the question of what, in turn, created God. As an alternative, he suggested that God be understood as the ground of being itself. He felt that since God since one cannot deny that there is being, where we and our world exist, there is therefore a power of being. He saw God as the ground upon which all beings exist. As such, God precedes being itself, and God is manifested in the structure of beings. The author continues about Tillich's theology, saying that the ground of being has been considered in a variety of ways, including the creative order, forces, and potential in nature. I'll say that again, as the creative order, forces, and potential in nature. Sometimes I think that means that God tamed the chaos and created order. That in the beginning of time, he breathed our creation into being through the chaos. And that through the disorder, he created order. And he saw that it was good. Will Willimon wrote, it's frightening the fragility of it all. Sure, it's a warm, beautiful summer Sunday today. But what happens when the chaos bubbles up? and the mountains shake and the seas roar. The midlife crisis, the screech of brakes and the crash, the note from the boss. Into every life, a little chaos must come. And what then? Our allegedly orderly, whirling, efficient, natural law-abiding machine isn't much comfort to us in times like that. In such times when we are reduced to the level of children, frightened by the dark, fearful of the void, crouched in helplessness, what can we do? We can then turn like little children and remember the story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Let there be heaven. Let there be land. Let there be plants, stars, sun, moon, swarms of living creatures, sea monsters, winged birds, cattle, creeping things. And let us make humanity, male and female, in our image and give them dominion. And God said that it is good. Friends, he reminds us that in times of chaos in our lives, when somethingness is in danger of being overswept by nothingness, that we ought to imagine this father, mother of a God bending over the world, like in the image of Langston Hughes, a mammy bending over her baby, birthing, forming, caressing you with the joy of a great cosmic artist, because as the children's song goes, he's got the whole world in his hands. The lectionary text for today was a much longer one than what we read. 
It was the entire first chapter of Genesis and moved into the second. And in those pages, we learn more about what it means to be human. When God said, let us make human beings in our image, he was saying in effect, humanity will be unlike anything I have created. No other being has a heart to love me. No other created being has a mind I have created to know me or a will to obey me. Nothing else in all my creation has had a destiny of eternity like these creatures will have. I will make humans distinct. They will have the image of God stamped on them. Only they will have a capacity within them to love and know and obey me. But what does it mean to be made in God's image? Theologians have tried time and again to tell us. A preacher, Chuck Swindle, offers a few simple proposals. He says humans have a capacity not found in animals. God communicates with us in a way he does not communicate with others. There are inner secret chambers within our being where the Lord connects with us. He prods us with inner promptings. He urges, he moves, he convicts, he directs, he stops, he guards, he guides. When God made us, he gave us more than a body. He gave us an immaterial soul, a spirit. When God created the first humans, he made them to have a sense of community, connection, and communication with the one who fashioned them. But once sin entered the world, that connection broke down. It wasn't erased, but it was defaced. It wasn't destroyed, it was damaged. We live with a defaced and damaged image today. Nevertheless, we are able to connect with our God and the inner person. Pastor Swindle says that bearing the image of God means that humans have dignity. I would add there that humans also have divinity within us. It also means that God has entrusted us with the responsibility and capacity to love and obey him. The image of God is who we are as human beings. It is our most basic, original calling. God calls us to live in his image in the light of who he is and who he has made us to be. So on this beautiful, slightly chilly June day, but most of all for the dark, chaotic, abysmal, stormy days, know this. In the beginning, God created. In the end, God creates. Without God's love and creativity, chaos would prevail this earth would return to watery abyss. We float today by a slender thread of creative love. And so in the words of one of my favorite Psalms, God writes, God is our refuge and strength, a very present presence will shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our our refuge. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
open the door, I will come into them and eat with them and they with me. All are welcome to join in the meal Jesus shared with his disciples. be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right to glorify you and to give you thanks for you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light inaccessible from before time and forever. Fountain of all life and source of all goodness, you made all things and fill them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day. And beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise, joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven. We glorify your name and lift our voices in joyful praise. Claim you, holy God, glorious in power. Your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our creator, we might rule and serve your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. 
In your mercy, you came to our help so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again, you called us into covenant with you. And through the prophets, you taught us to hope for salvation. Almighty God, you loved the world so much that in the fullness of time, you sent your only son to be our savior. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he lived as one of us, yet was without sin. To the poor, he proclaimed the good news of salvation. To prisoners, freedom. To the sorrowful, joy. To fulfill your purpose, he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave, destroyed death and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, God sent the Holy Spirit, God's first gift for all who believe to complete God's work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the sharing of the bread we break and the cup we bless may be for us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Grant that, being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith and grow up in all things into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. We pray in the name of Jesus, the one who gave us tender words to speak to you, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. and Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim our belief in the truth and the promise that our risen Lord will return in the fullness of time and make all things new. All has been made ready. Let us partake of this joyful feast, the gifts of God for the people of God.
Let us pray. Our loving and merciful God, we thank you from the depths of our hearts, our very beings, for the gift of your son, for the gift of this meal, for the gift of being in relationship with you, for the gift of representing you to the world. Grant us grace to live lives that reflect your mercy and help us to love you and each other every moment of every day. Amen.
please be seated. And since we have been created in God's image, we should now go forth into the world with justice, compassion, and grace in our hearts. We are called to give voice to the silent, give strength to the weak, hear one another, see one another, care for one another, love one another. It's all that easy and it's all that hard. So let us go in peace. Amen.